0: Fall out, off the record Hang out, we'll stalk some nougat
1: Take a sit down while we're talking to ya Fall out, off the record Fall out, off the record Freak out, we'll talk some lore We'll shoot at stuff while we explore
0: Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to Fallout episode 51. <laughs> Fallout off the record, episode 51. <laughs> and I want to start off by saying, Shalene, just stop the music because I think it's going in and out. Is anyway. It?
1: Oh, no, it sounds fine to me.
0: Oh, does it? Okay, yeah. then keep it going. Um, so that lo- that that is a great segue into what I'm about to say. So last week, uh, I wasn't going to be in town, so we were going to do a preliminary show. Uh, we were going to pre-record it and then just release it on iTunes and pop it up on YouTube. But um, yes, I'm getting to that in the chat of why I'm echoing. So last week, I went to go turn on my soundboard and it melted. It caught on fire. So
1: it was the, the show, show was, was lit- literally...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. it, it the, the, One of the boards melted. So we are using backup gear that Shaleen has. So the audio quality is going to be bad not her fault nobody's fault except my boards for catching on fire it's just problematic so um
1: i blame the brotherhood of steel
0: (laughs) so i'm sorry guys it's gonna be a little echoey and it sucks because we have a guest tonight um and it's gonna be a little goofy but please bear with us we're just asking you for the next maybe one or two weeks till my board gets fixed um that you just bear with us so we're gonna move on from that hopefully you guys can look past the echo anyway so tonight is episode 51 and we're gonna have guest steven russell uh who was a voice actor for thief elder scrolls games and you know various characters in uh fallout three and four was he in new vegas chalene
1: i'm not sure were there any mr handys in new vegas i can't recall
0: i don't think so i don't think there were Uh, so um Anyway, he's going to be on later, but we have some things to get through before we get to that, so let's go ahead and get uh, through our ads. Tonight, we are sponsored by TweakedAudio.com, though they're probably regretting it. If you are in the mood to buy some new headphones and earbuds, head over to TweakedAudio.com and enter our code, off the record, which is all one word, at checkout once you pick out your awesome headphones or your whatever product that it is you're buying from them. Enter our code, off the record, which is all one word, at checkout to receive 30% off and free shipping worldwide. Yeah head, to Aud- set- yeah, head to TweakedAudio.com and enter our code there. We're also sponsored by Audible.com. If you head to AudibleTrial.com slash network and sign up for their free 30-day trial, you'll get a free audiobook of your choosing. And tonight, Chalene recommends...
1: Assassin's Quest by Robin Hobb, which is the third in the Farseer trilogy. And I just finished that this week. And I was listening to it actually on Audible. Um, and... Uh, it's really good narrator. I highly recommend this narrator. And I was just... Uh, it was so sad at the end that I had to pull the car over because I was just crying. So check out Assassin's Quest by Robin Hobb.
0: So apparently it packs the feels. Yeah, you can download that for free when you sign up for a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork. Or you can also become a patron of our show by going to patreon.com slash questgamingnetwork network, signing up for one of our rewards there. You can also head to our website questgamingnetwork.com and clear your cookies then click on click on our Amazon link and do your shopping through there and uh, it doesn't cost any it doesn't cost you any extra Amazon just slices off a little bit of that price and sends it our way and also non-financially share us on your social media send us emails like subscribe retweet and tell your friends about us and it means a lot to us when you do that uh, so yeah tonight we've got news gameplay and like I said Stephen Russell is going to be in our episode tonight so please stand by for that but Let's go ahead and get into our news because we have a ton to get to, and uh, I don't know when this is going to go down. So
1: <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah, pesky. and the power so. went out here earlier. <laughs> the power oh, went goodness. out, and I was I was working on show notes, and just blam, everything was gone. And I was like, no, you have to stop. So hopefully the power doesn't go down. <laughs> yeah. If you suddenly lose show, it's it's uh, it's nature. So oh, are we doing news? Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm not used to doing this. I
0: know. Chalene is running the entire show tonight. If you
2: like news, you're going to love our next segment.
0: What happened in the world of Fallout this week, Chalene?
1: Well, Rick, it's actually the last two weeks um, since the podcast was on fire last week. Too much on fire, uh, in fact. So we're going to start out with Fallout Shelter launched in China on July 22nd for iOS. Bethesda united with Shanda Games to publish the game. That's the first time that they have partnered with a publisher in China. No word yet on whether the game will come to Android or PC. So that's some international goodness going on there. And PS4 players have been waiting on mods for over a month now. Um, And people have perhaps rightly been bombarding Bethesda with requests for updates on this situation. We do have some tweets from Pete Hines that seem to indicate that Bethesda is not entirely responsible for the silence on the subject, and I have quoted a few of them here for us. We continue to try and get an update so we can share something. We still haven't gotten one. We have explained to others so we can get, share, an update. So far, it hasn't worked. I'm not going to get into specifics. If I was able to have an open dialogue and explain what's up, I would have long ago. So it sounds like maybe Sony's kind of keeping the lid on, on this mod situation and not letting Bethesda say everything that they would like to say.
0: Yeah, and um, one thing I would like to point out, you know, before everyone starts hating on Bethesda, Sony has their proprietary systems. It, it's not necessarily Bethesda's fault, and it's not necessarily Sony's fault. It's just, like, getting them to play nice together, so... Yeah. Patience is a virtue in this case, I believe. It will be a virtue. I'm running new mods on uh, my Fallout game, and it has changed everything. It's amazing.
1: It's a bad situation, but it's the situation that is. I do wish that they were able to have a more open conversation with the consumer about this. I feel like having silence just sort of breeds contempt. You know, everybody's imagining the worst possible thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. So hopefully they get it sorted out quickly and efficiently because we've gotten a lot of tweets from you guys who are on PlayStation and you guys are really looking forward to mods and man, when you get them, it'll be awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Provided they work.
1: I do believe that they will keep trying until, until they get this thing sorted out. Yeah. They put out a Fallout Shelter infographic last week uh, similar to the one we reported on several months ago. It was really cute, just a bunch of of Fallout Fallout Shelter information. More than 50 million overseers are playing the game. And 660 million, over 660 million babies have been born. 265 some odd million hours played. Over 5 billion sessions of Fallout Shelter have been played. Nearly 3 billion disasters. Uh, Only half of those were happening in this podcast studio.
0: (laughs) He beat me to the joke.
1: (laughs) Nearly a billion rad roach infestations. It was enough rad roaches to wrap around the moon over 41 times. (laughs) 30 million weapons crafted. 56 million pets adopted. There were some more things if you'd like to look that up on Bethesda.net. It was That's pretty awesome.
0: neat. Uh, sorry. I, I was thinking to myself. I was wishing my mic would, or my camera would glitch out, so I could pull the Back to the Future Max Headroom.
1: <laughs> it just did. did. It just did a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, Rick. This is gonna be a great show.
1: So here we've got. Uh, did you watch this Fallout Revelation video, Rick? I didn't even
0: see anything about this at all.
1: Oh, I had meant to send you this so that you could watch it before before we talked about it. But oh. I forgot. So that's my bad. Fallout <laughs> Revelation. It's a fan-made live-action TV series pilot that they've put on YouTube. Wow. It debuted at Comic-Con. Uh, the channel is Mechanical Cake TV. Um, the props are really good. The props for this are are... Outstanding. In fact, I was very impressed by the detail in the show. The tone is good. Uh, it does, it kind of has that Fallout feeling. It looks a bit more like Fallout 3 than Fallout 4. Uh, I don't know if that's because they began production on the show before Fallout 4 came out or if it's just a matter of they liked that aesthetic a little better. I do think it perhaps takes itself a little bit too seriously But it is worth sticking with it to get into the story and get interested in it. It's like a 16-minute video, I believe. So you can check that out, Fallout Revelation, on YouTube.
0: And I just want to say about Fallout 3 real quick. Um, I I actually have to start playing Fallout 3 again, just because I've been playing so much 4. And I was listening to, I think it was the theme from Fallout 3 the other day. And it kind of hit me that, man... Fallout 4 takes place so far into the future that everything's starting to be rebuilt and I miss a little bit of that everything's gone factor and I have been so excited to get into Fallout 3 again and New Vegas just to feel that sense of there is no rebuilding yet it's just desolate, it's you know, dark and destruction and um and it, you know, you go and listen to the soundtrack for Fallout 3, and man, it just fits that bill so perfectly. Yeah. Uh, it's the only game where I've ever listened to the soundtrack, and I go, I want to play that game because of the soundtrack. <laughs>
1: That's neat. So,
0: yeah. I'm yeah definitely I, gonna... I, I
1: get what you're saying. It's almost like there's too much hope in Fallout 4.
0: Yes, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. as as warranted in the world makes sense, but sometimes it's nice to go back and... And like, you know, go back and sit back and go, ah, everything's destroyed. This is nice.
1: What a soundbite there. Everything's destroyed. How nice. This is fine. Shall we move on? Yes. There's a, here's your weekly Bethesda store update. They released a limited edition lithograph of the concept art with the, the male soul survivor and dog meat sitting on the wing of the vertibird. It's a limited edition of 500, and this thing is freaking hot. It looks so good. It's awesome. It's a gorgeous piece of artwork.
0: If Fendertron didn't... or Sorry, I, I've been reading his thing in the chat room, and it just came off my tongue. If Dogme didn't get me killed so many times, I would totally want a picture of him my, on my wall.
1: <laughs> so we've talked about Nuka Break quite a bit on this show. Nuka Break Tales from the Wasteland is a thing that's coming back. Um... Wayside Creations has partnered with Geek and Sundry for the release of Tales from the Wasteland. It will be a three-episode series that will debut as part of Alpha Alpha Legendary Digital Network's new membership service later this year. Sorry for kind of tripping over that. I I wrote that story a long time ago. Kickstarter rewards will be received as normal if you're somebody who supported Tales from the Wasteland on Kickstarter. But the entire series, uh, from the very beginning, Nuka Break Episode 1... We'll re-air weekly on Geek and Sundry, starting with episode one last week. So episode two released today. So that's pretty neat. If you'd like to take your time and, and watch Nuka Break all over again, I think it's totally worth it. It's a very good show. I need
0: to go watch it. I I just, it makes me want to play Fallout. I mean, I can't do both at the same yeah. time. Yeah,
1: Why not? So. P- put it up on the other screen. It'll because work.
0: if I hear a laser rifle fire in the show, I'm like, ah!
1: You know, I had uh, as my ringtone on my cell phone for text messages, Eddie's fight song for a long time. You know, da-na-na-na-na-na. and I would be I playing work. New Vegas. <laughs> and I would hear it and I'd be like, Where is he? And there there's nothing. It was just my phone. I was getting a text.
0: I'm surprised you just didn't start firing in a circle
1: yeah. like Da Pretty much Pretty much. Oh that's right. Who's attacking Eddie? Gotta save him. So, Valtech Workshop had an update that is live on PC and Xbox. It has been submitted for PS4, but I don't believe it's been uh, released yet. Awesome. It gave several fixes, including experiments can now be scrapped in workshop mode. They fixed Overseer Barstow's audio after her interview with Klim. The population management had some fixes, and there were some other fixes. I didn't list them all.
0: Nice.
1: And, um, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, you know, I'll get into it in the gameplay. Never mind.
1: And we've got an update news. 1.7 is in beta on Steam. And this includes many, many new features. Support for Nukaworld, World, the upcoming DLC. A uh, new store art type for workshop settlements. Ability to delete add-ons without doing a full uninstall on PS4. I can't believe that that wasn't a thing already. <laughs>
0: Yeah, actually, because, yeah, that's... If you wanted
1: to delete one of the add-ons, you had to delete the whole shebang. That seems a little silly. I don't know. Poor PS4 people. That's just, that's awful. It's awful. But the, the real big news for this update is that June and Marcy Long are no longer essential after completing Sanctuary... (laughs)
0: <laughs> and there was much rejoicing.
1: Exactly. There's going to be so many dead longs across the internet. Just so many. That should actually be next week's challenge. Oh, no. <laughs> how did you kill? How did you kill Chew and Marcy Long? No. <laughs> Just no. No. <laughs> I actually won't be killing them, but I will feel good about knowing that I could. Vendors can now offer large shipments of ceramic, copper, rubber, steel, and wood. That will be very nice. Finally. Very nice. And there were a ton of other fixes. I I don't think we really need to list them all, but you can get those full patch notes at Bethesda.net um, or on Steam, which is, is where I grab them.
0: Yeah, there is definitely a bunch of stuff. That I was really excited over. Um, <laughs> not so much the Marcy Long one, because you know, weirdly enough, I'm not really terribly evil in this, uh, except for the Brotherhood of Steel one. That sucked. Um, oh, I
1: hate, I hate Marcy. I hate Marcy Long.
0: I never go to Sanctuary. She's such a ignore. mean
1: lady. Such a mean lady. Uh,
0: but yeah, it's definitely a cool fix. <laughs> I think
1: QuakeCon is happening right now. Woo! There's not really any Fallout news this year from QuakeCon. But there is a massive Bethesda game sale on every platform, on Steam, on Xbox Live, on PSN. So if you're looking to pick up some Bethesda games, now is the time. Uh, I think, Rick, do you have something you can add to that?
0: Yes, I actually bought uh, Wolfenstein New Order because I'm very, very excited. I've been wanting to play that since it came out, and I just haven't had a chance. But be warned, that game is 43 gigabytes in size. It's huge. Mm. So... Um, But yeah, I partook. Very cool. So that's what I'll be doing tonight.
1: There's also a store, a Bethesda store sale, if you're interested in picking up the lithograph or anything else. And the last item in the news is the Fallout Shelter Nuka games in honor of the (laughs) Olympics starting this week. For the next two days, you can train up strength faster for your Fallout Shelter dwellers, and I would assume they'll be giving you the opportunity to, to quickly train up other skills as the weeks go on awesome
0: uh is that it for the news
1: that is it for the news do you want to tell us a little bit about what you did in game give me a second here
0: yeah we you got uh, uh oh right
1: you, yes. no! okay go ahead
0: <laughs> all right so uh i'll take about five minutes and then we'll do five minutes for you just because one of Stephen russell will be on at 7 30 tonight so yeah, uh, this week I played a heck of a lot more Fallout 4 in building my settlement. And I got McCready's perk, finally. So I decided to hang out with Hancock, and I got his perks. Um, he did not die from that overdose thing or whatever. And I was getting a little bored of Fallout 4, and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And settlement building was getting tedious. and um, the, the Workshop DLC just wasn't as inviting as I was hoping it would have been. It, it just was kind of boring and more of the same thing. So I kind of put some stuff in the vault and then left. Um, and, uh, we're, and, and yeah, so I decided to finally install some mods. And I installed a bunch of visual mods. Um, and actually, I'll let you know what they are because they are really cool. So if you're into modding, you can put these mods on and they're amazing. So I have seven armor mods. So I put the Armorsmith exp- Extended mod on there, which requires another parent mod. Um, I put in the Wasteland Sniper outfit, which is really awesome uh, if you're into that sort of thing like I am. I put in a few other things for different skins that aren't really working, so I won't get into those. I definitely installed the unofficial Fallout 4 patch because that is just essential when it comes to any Fallout game. For the environment, I put in True Storms, the Wasteland edition vivid fallout landscapes and vivid weathers and that changes the way the game looks so much, but it also changes the, ra- the radiation taken on um, in the Glowing Sea, so I set that to I think 8 times, so if I'm in there with no radiation um, protection on, it'll give me plus 24 rads, and then it also increases the damage that's done in Far Harbor the little pockets of radiation there so that kind of changes the way that works a little bit also the nights are a lot darker and the storms there's a ton of fog you can change that stuff so being in the glowing sea when there's a radiation storm and fog at night you cannot see anything it is terrifying and therefore awesome i also put in the armor and weapons keyword community resource which is like a parent mod that a lot of other ones are structured off of and any of those kind of compatibility patches are in. Oh, I also put in enhanced blood textures, which makes the blood look better as well. I also popped in there's a thing called wearable backpacks and pouches that are lore friendly, and those are really cool. You should check those out. The user interface, I installed the full dialog interface we talked about I before. Love the
1: full dialog <coughs> interface.
0: It's definitely awesome. And I also set it up because I have a, a gaming mouse. I set it up for n- numerical keypad use. So I can just use my mouse to do, use, to do dialogue. It's pretty, nice. pretty sweet. So the weapons mods that I put in and I wanted to stay lore friendly. I didn't want to break lore or anything like that. so I watched a few videos to see which ones I should do. and I picked these. One of them was the extended weapon mods. Now this lets you do a number of different things. like one of them it turns the du- it, one of the mods you can do on the double barrel shotgun is turn it into a triple barrel shotgun. It adds another barrel underneath, or you could put the uh, powerful barrel on, and then that'll shoot two rounds at once. Or you could make it a pow- you put the little special barrel that shoots two at once—and put on the 16-round fully automatic mod. So it's a fully automatic sawed-off double-barrel shotgun. It's pretty deadly. Um, there's other stuff you can do. You can turn the uh, combat rifle into an anti-material rifle. No, no, no. The hunting rifle into an anti-material rifle. And it looks really awesome and crazy looking. And it's just a really cool, lore-friendly uh, modding system. Uh, the other one that I put in there was the the .22, uh, the two two three pistol, a.k.a. that gun, is a mod for that. And that's got some really awesome mods. And uh, it fires so slow if you do the max damage one, but it's so awesome. Also, I put in the AK-2047, which is kind of... Uh, the modders take on what the Chinese assault rifle or the AK-47 would look like after they kind of recreated it again because it would exist in the world. And it kind of looks like a combat rifle, but with an AK body. Uh, the also, I put in the M14 standalone rifle, which is a vintage uh, World War II era, or Vietnam era type of weapon. But they're all lore friendly, in my opinion. They look really good. They They all work well. Um, the only thing I dislike about all of them is some of the some of the skin mods didn't really work out so well. The some of the you know backpack building stuff is a little finicky when it comes to that. But other than that, it's fine. Um, nothing really problematic. And the two two three pistol has a weird sound. I just don't like as far as sound design goes. But the weapon is so much fun to use. Um, it, it it's de- all it's changed my Fallout 4 experience and it's so fun to run around in a sniper suit and yeah so it's pretty cool. What did you do this week?
1: Well, I'm still playing Fallout 2. Uh, it's I'm still really digging it. I found my nephew's dog. <laughs> As an update on that, uh, last week I had just gotten that quest. I did find the nephew's dog. I sneaked through a ton of geckos and some radioactive goo and got him and brought him home and there was no reward for that quest and I was so sad. No reward at all. Just the <laughs> uh, the happiness of nephew and dog. There was a bunch of brock flower and xander root out there though so I gathered it up and had the shaman make me some healing powder so that was nice. It's really cool to have sort of some of the role playing back in, in Fallout you know because Fallout 4 is not quite as role play as some of the previous ones, but I left the village of Arroyo to embark on my quest, and there were a lot of goodbyes. Everybody was like, good luck, chosen one. I fought some rats. That's pretty much, you know, how, how you go in, in low-level characters and RPGs. I found the town of Klamath. It is a very big area. There was a notice board there that's sort of how, um, how you keep track of quests. You know, in the absence of a quest log, you have this notice board. And it told me about this bathhouse and this guy that needed help killing rats and someone who was buying gecko hides and someone who, uh, I don't, I, booze is here in my notes. I don't remember what he wanted that had to do with <laughs> booze.
0: Are you sure you weren't supposed to get booze?
1: <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that was like a personal note. I don't, Something. the shopping list. I don't know. <laughs> but I did do um, a side quest helping a guy named Tor guard the Brahmin. And Tor is like a, a a kind of a big, dumb guy, you know? He's just kind of a big, dumb brute. And uh, Tor is like, you know, come guard guard Moomoo's. And he's like, Tor's scared. Bug people. So I'm like, okay, Tor, we'll go guard the Moomoo's. And uh, we had to fight a bunch of rad scorpions. Um. I met a guy named John Sullivan, who was a pugilist, and he sort of helped me learn some some boxing skills. Very cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> and I went to this bathhouse, and I figured there would be clues there for the main quest, because I was looking for this guy named Vic the Traitor. And Vic was apparently very close with one of the ladies at the bathhouse. So I go to the bathhouse and I'm like, hey, you know, and they're, they're like, hey, you know, let you can try one of our three types of bath, and you could have like the uh, the washcloth wiped down or the or the full bath, and you have bath attendants who bathe you. Hmm. So I spent all my bottle caps on, on the deluxe bath, and uh, and learned about um, the location of Vic the Trader. And uh, yeah, now I have no caps because I spent it all on a bath with a uh, a talented bathhouse attendant, and it was really it was cool. It was really fun to have some some role playing. You know, it was fun. I enjoyed Fallout too. <laughs> so, awesome. shall we? Uh, what? Shall we give uh, give our guest a call or?
0: Well, it's twenty eight. We'll we'll be fine. Let's go. Can we recap the? Uh challenge real quick
1: oh we don't have the we don't have the screenshots
0: i know but we can go over what okay. happened and
1: last week's challenge was to uh submit your favorite fallout easter egg and 87 million of you submitted screenshots we have enough screenshots to wrap around the moon and uh, <laughs> they get a lot of it was glorious it was so lovely just seeing these funny happy you know things uh so thanks for submitting Mm-hmm. And we've got the ones that we have here in the notes. We've got from Tasman 14622, the Your Special Book from Fallout 3 in Fallout 4. From Terence Ryan 33, and we also had a screenshot of the same thing from J. Kelly 7379, the two monkeys in Automatron playing video games. And yeah, one of them said, like, there's Rick and Chalene, you know, playing some, playing some games. <laughs> I, I think I'm definitely, I'm definitely the symbols monkey and your jangles. Oh, thanks. Code Pony sent a Fallout Equestria Easter egg, uh, which was pretty funny. Um, that was sort of a quote from the, the sole survivor. What? No sunshine and rainbows? Next you're going to tell me I'm not getting a pony. What's, what's that from? fallout equestria was a uh like a a fallout my little pony mashup Oh, yeah (laughs) from Stephen killhauer we have in fallout new vegas the building that says romanus and domus that's the uh the monty python reference it's supposed to be romans go home but instead it's like romans home go (laughs) i don't recall but it's incorrect latin from the Sensual Beast. And may I say that I love how everybody's watermarking their challenge entries now.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so much more that. convenient for you.
1: Um, So much better. He's got this uh, this screenshot from vault Tech Workshop of this mannequin captain guy that's barely peeking out over the top of a pile of rubble.
0: Yeah, and- I found that and posted that, too, because that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> it
1: was pretty funny. Jess sent us a... Uh, True Detective Easter egg about um, it was a Brotherhood of Steel terminal about Knight Cole, who is exhibiting sy- symptoms of addiction, <laughs> including hallucinations. I don't watch True Detective. I'm sure it would be funny if if I did. Pete Zombie sent the uh, cask of Amontillado reference uh, in the castle, where the oh, guy's like being walled up in the wall, and he said that it was poetic. And I give him 10 points to Gryffindor for that pun. It's a
0: really nice pun. <laughs> so good.
1: So good. Captain Dumock sent in this random encounter of uh, a sentry bot and a little girl in a yellow and blue dress, which is obviously a reference to a Bioshock Big Daddy and Little Sister. And from TransHunk, we got uh, this skeleton that's in its hand watching the... Uh, watching the movie in Far Harbor, the uh, the drive-in movie. Verona421 sent us the Holy Hand Grenades from New Vegas. That's one of my favorites. Uh,
0: yeah, it's my favorite.
1: And Michael sent us the Lone Wanderer motorcycle that can be found in Fallout 4. Bree sent us some fun teddy bear, uh, teddy bear silliness, they're very cute. And next week, uh, did you want to do the one that I had written here? Do you want to do Do you want to do the longs? The death of the longs.
0: I want to do vault experts or experiments because okay.
1: we don't want to yeah. get into that darkness. Okay, then show no. us your vault tech builds. We want to see your vault builds, your maniacal exper- experiments. What are you doing with the vault tech workshop tools? And we do have a pitboard board update um, for red menace. Pig Guy thirty five, A.K.A. Paladin Pig, has the new high score, twenty four thousand six hundred points. That's nice, splendid, awesome. Now, so what? What's up? I will just attempt to add Mr. Russell to the call, shall I?
0: Yeah, I think I think it is time to uh, get our guest on the show. So while we're getting him on, um, yeah, we had a bunch of user submitted questions that we're going to get to as well. Yeah, eventually. But first, we're going to kind of get things started off pretty simple. Um, and once he gets on, we will go ahead and get a chat.
2: And he is on. Oh,
0: there Yay. we are. Hey, Stephen, how you doing?
2: I'm well. How about you, Rick? Good, good. Thank you for joining us tonight. Well, my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Shalini, are you there, too?
1: Yes, I'm still here. Lovely meeting cool. you, Stephen.
2: And lovely to meet you as well.
0: It's amazing all the audio is working well. Um, I don't know if... uh, Yeah, so we want to just put out another warning to you, Stephen. If we lose the call or anything like that, um, we've been having some technical difficulties the last couple weeks. We're working with some
1: backup equipment, and (laughs) I've already had one electrical outage today.
0: (laughs) So, um, but how are you doing today? I'm well, and yourself? Doing good, doing good. So, we have had a ton of people submit questions that we're going to get going to get to later they've all of all of our listeners have been really excited to have you on so we're just going to go ahead and get started and like i said you know just kind of conversational but one of the things that i was looking at because um, i did some research imdb that sort of thing and you're actually an actor too it seems
2: yeah i think i think like a lot of people who got into voice acting um we We come at it from just a pure acting perspective. I I suspect that most of us, uh, particularly those of us who are slightly older, never really intended to be voice actors per se. We just wanted to be actors. And uh, when you're trying to pursue this kind of work, you pretty much take anything that comes along, even things that you didn't even imagine existed back when you started doing the work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so, so I guess the acting came first, then the the voiceover came second.
2: Yeah, well, they were kind of uh, concurrent um, things. That um, I I started. I actually started uh, voice acting in 1997 for games, but prior to that, I had been doing a lot of radio work and actually even some radio theater. Uh, hosting a a folk music program on first a non-commercial, then a commercial station, and then doing a lot of just kind of the bread-and-butter work of voiceover people, commercials and industrials and narrations. And uh, I have a sky show on, I think it's the Queen Elizabeth II that I narrated. Um, I'm in the Wright Brothers Museum in Dayton, Ohio, uh, you know, just all, all these kinds of weird little jobs that um, um, that I didn't even... Uh, part of the fun of doing this is that sometimes you answer a casting call and you're not even quite sure why you're going in, and then it turns out to be this really interesting and exciting project, which is kind of what happened with my start in, in game work. Um, yeah, how did that come about? Well, in 1997, a casting agent in Boston contacted me about a job for something, and I wasn't really very clear about what what I was going in for, but it was some <laughs> kind of interactive thing that would involve uh, a spy who had a Scottish accent, and uh, it happened to be on a, a day that I already had tickets for a Red Sox game, <laughs> so uh, I said, sure, I'll be happy to, you know, kill two birds with one stone, Uh and that was really the beginning of it. That was for the first Thief game. And, and I
0: was going to say, I never played Thief. What uh, You voiced the main character?
2: That's right. The, the protagonist, Garrett, who uh, was a really interesting character to voice. Very, very emotionally complex, uh, kind of snarky, uh, world-weary. Um, he's, he's, uh, he was a lot of fun. And so, people seemed to like him, and they kept asking me back, so I kept doing him for a number of iterations of the game.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I, I had seen that you were, I think, on Thief and Thief 2, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm. And Thief 3.
0: And Thief 3. See, I, don't, I didn't even know there was a third Thief. I missed that era of PC gaming. Um, uh-huh. myself. But how did it go, like, your first, you know, walking into your first video gig like that? Or, like, acting as a character in a game setting? I'm sure that's different than doing, like, radio narration.
2: Yeah, well, it, it went. It was great um, working with um, with Looking Glass, uh, the the people who developed Thief and System Shock too, was always fun. Their audio director, Eric Brochus, is just a really uh, great, laid back kind of guy, and he was. Um, by the time they actually got around to calling me to come in to do the work the whole thrust of the game had changed. It was six months later. They had decided that it wasn't going to be this spy. They were going to go with a medieval setting. So the voice that I had auditioned with was nothing like what they wanted. And we actually spent, I want to say, about half an hour in that first session just trying out different sounds, trying to come up with a voice that they felt would work. And one of the things that I loved about working with Looking Glass, and and actually this goes for Bethesda too, is that there's been uh, a fair amount of room for creative input on my part. Uh, they they don't necessarily come in with a specific sound in their head that they're trying uh, that they want me to duplicate, but often it's a question of what have you got, and we'll go through some sounds and some ideas and and voice placement and eventually come up with something that, that works for them. And that was definitely the case with, with the first Thief game. And when we finally settled on a voice, it was pretty easy to lock into it. And uh, the, the studio at the time was really just uh, uh, like a, like a dead computer closet in the office suite that they had in North Cambridge. Uh, it, I don't think the entire time that I worked there, they ever had, I know they didn't because I can remember how my arm ached from holding pages of script. They, they <laughs> never even they never even had a music stand uh, to work <laughs> with. So, you know, we're talking back in a day when uh, most of this kind of work was being done by um, non-union people. And I was non-union at the time, so that worked out great for me. and it was uh it was it was really fun Uh, one of the challenges i think about the work is just the solitary nature of it you're you're not having a conversation with anyone you're reading random lines in sequence from a page uh, and not always in sequence either so there's uh, you have to kind of you have to kind of really be uh, on your toes and be good at at, uh, making instant choices uh, in a setting like that. Um, Shifting moods and shifting emotions and intensity from one line to another because it's all about where it fits in in the game and often the reactions within a game are going to be different, of course, because of the player's choices. So you might be reading a sequence of lines that are... Uh, different reactions depending on what the player has decided to do, so they might not even be following along in the same mood if that makes any sense mm-hmm. but it's a it's a it was a fun challenge and i I really I kind of took to it right away and and was very grateful for the work of course and and the great relationship that I developed with those people and I often say that basically every job i've had in gaming has come as a result of that one audition and that's it's a slight exaggeration but not too far off because in the end it's kind of a small community and once people get to know you get to know that you you can bring into the studio uh, a set of skills that are appropriate for the job uh, they tend to keep Call you back or refer you to other people. And once Looking Glass closed, a lot of people who worked for that company went on to work for Irrational and Ion Storm and Bethesda. And uh, I, I'm uh, working with people right now on another project uh, uh, that uh, harks back to those Looking Glass days a, a company called Other Side Entertainment that's. Uh, launching a game, rebooting a game called Underworld Ascendant, actually, and uh, those are all old friends from Looking Glass working on it. So that's kind of fun.
0: That's awesome, and so that's how you got your start at Bethesda. Was uh, those employees went from Looking Glass to Bethesda?
2: Yeah, uh, in particular, uh, Emil Paglia Rulo uh, right. is uh, you know had uh, a lot. wrote a lot back in the Looking Glass days, and when he went over to Bethesda, I think uh, he took his contacts with him, and uh, so that's how I started working for them, too.
0: And your first game with them was, what, Oblivion? Uh,
2: The first game with them was uh, Fallout 3, actually. Oh, oh, I thought you were Uh, Oblivion. Skyrim was my uh, was my Elder Scrolls game with them, and yeah. yeah, I don't. And...
1: Mercer Frey,
2: right? That's right, exactly. Yeah, good for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See, she's the she's the scholar of the of the group. I'm more of the lunkhead type, if you will. <laughs> it's a fine lunk.
2: thing to be a scholar. <laughs> so,
0: um, all right. So, Fallout Three, Shalene, uh, help me out. I'm losing my train of thought. Um, You did Mr. Gutsy's, right?
1: And Mr. Mm -hmm. Handy's. Mr. Handy's. I cannot,
0: for the life of me, figure out... Because your voice is so distinct, and yet it's so different from Mr. Handy's.
1: Got some tremendous (laughs) range there. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So, going into Fallout 3 when completely different from Thief, um, maybe not so different from System Shock as far as tonality... Uh, what was that like when they came to you? Like, so we're going to we're going to do a game where everything is
2: destroyed and dead.
1: <laughs> and you have to be a cheerful robot, <laughs> a snarky well, British robot.
2: <laughs> yeah. The thing that I love about voicing that character and uh, Codsworth as well uh, is um, the writing is just so funny mm-hmm. and the biggest challenge, honestly, about it was just keeping a straight face, because you have to un- have to understand. Sometimes, often, when I go in the studio, I'm seeing the lines for the first time that day, and uh, so I-, I don't even have that moment of being able to uh, look at it at home and you know get my little personal chuckles out of the way before I get in front of a microphone with it and uh so there were many takes that were ruined just because it was such a good joke (laughs) that's that's lots of fun
0: now did you get a chance to play fallout 3 after it was completed and stuff or are you not a gamer
2: you know i don't get much of an opportunity to play games just because it seems like i i have um i have a lot of work in other areas too and it I wish I could say that I did because i'm I'm just always working I'm a writer as well, and uh, it seems like all my free time is generally spent researching a project or thinking about a project and reading for that project too uh so uh that's that's kind of what I do in my spare time is read mm-hmm. and uh I wish there were more spare time to do other things as well yeah.
0: awesome. so- um Go ahead,
1: Frank. It's been a, lo- a while since Fallout Three. What was it like to reprise that character of the Mister Handy and the Mister Gutsy robots after all these years?
2: Shockingly easy. <laughs> it, it's it's he's one of those characters that lives inside me, <laughs> that just sort of pops out every now and again, <laughs> and uh, it's, he's so fun to do that uh we uh i really didn't have that much trouble getting back to him
1: yeah i think you were probably the most characters in fallout 4 uh of any actor with all of those robots plus nick and and then dima
2: uh-huh so. well and that was an, a, another great challenge as well coming up with yet another completely distinctive voice for dima And uh, that took a few back and forths. Uh, We were, again, uh, trying out various sounds and and pitches. And, you know, it's all about, um, especially when you've been doing multiple voices already in a game and in a series, it's trying to find that place that is uh, original, that's unique, that that doesn't echo uh, something else that you've done. And yet... For that particular task, the, uh, the job was to find a voice that was different from Nick's, but at the same time had elements of Nick in it
0: mm-hmm.
2: so that the relationship would be clear. Uh, so that was a wonderful, fascinating challenge, and I and, uh, really relished it
0: you mentioned that you didn't play the game, but you know I'm thinking back to the Far Harbor DLC with Nick and Dima and he, and you know I've I, I'm a big fan of of uh, voice acting because I'm not sure if you're familiar with the documentary I know that voice but I oh yeah sure yeah oh man it hit me in the heart. I love that documentary and a uh, big fan of um the guy that I can't remember his name of course um the man of many voices and I cannot remember his name but um anyway so. You're an actor, and you're acting these characters out, and Mel Blanc, that's the name. Um, Mel Blanc,
2: oh yeah, yeah.
0: So, you're acting these voices out, these characters, and you're living them out by, through your voice. So, since you didn't really play the Far Harbor DLC, you still kind of lived it out in a different way, uh, by acting out Dima and Nick. What, how was that story, their dynamic, you know, how did that affect, did it affect you at
2: all, or? Yeah, definitely, it's a very emotional story arc. And um, it's, it's a, I, I, I love, first of all, I love that Nick is such a complex character himself. I think he's, uh, of all the people that I've voiced for uh, Bethesda, he was the one who actually, um, I felt, uh, had far more going on underneath the surface than he was letting out. And uh, I, I, I like that um, with both uh, Nick and with Dima and and also to a certain extent with Codsworth, that these are synths, these are these are creations who have uh, taken on a life that exceeds what they were manufactured to do, uh, and uh, taken on an emotional life that's beyond what I think they were designed for, and that's fascinating to me.
0: Uh, and, um, yeah, so as far as recording the now, did you record the dialogue for the story in order or was that all out of order? So you didn't really know what was going on.
2: Uh, it's all out of order. Yeah. Oh, it's must be challenging
1: it's... to uh, to try and, and have the, the uh, context, you know, with it being out of order like that.
2: Yeah, and that's where a great director really comes in, and uh, uh, part of that was uh, working with Mark Lampert himself at Bethesda, who's the audio director there, who just has great ears and, and is able to kind of provide the context when it's not necessarily clear. And uh, Wes Gleason, who I was really uh, thrilled to work with on on that project, and uh it was uh, just uh, just pure pleasure working on those things. They, they both have such uh, complete, intricate knowledge of the game, even going into a recording uh, session, that they're they're able to um, they're able to fill in those gaps for me.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that would be a big help, especially when one of the endings in Far Harbor, where Dima is sadly uh, killed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Not having was, context
0: for that must like would have yeah. been difficult, I would imagine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that was a, a sad thing to, you know, come to as well. That uh, ending I, broke I do, my heart, could, man. <laughs> yeah, I do get attached to these characters, too. Yeah, I mm-hmm. can imagine.
0: Um, you're living them out in a very intimate way.
2: Yep, absolutely.
1: So and it's also you kind of go got, ahead. You know, think you, go ahead. Shaleen, sorry, sorry, Rick. Go ahead.
0: No, uh, it's the Scooby connection. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say that Codsworth had a ton of heart in this game, and part of that was all how he could say your name. What was it like recording all those names?
2: <laughs> well, actually, that was one of the biggest challenges I've ever had, uh, simply because it's it's very easy when doing something like that to fall into a kind of rhythm and just kind of uh, go with a pattern and... and Lose the sense of it, so you you constantly have to be sort of reminding yourself this is the first time that anybody might be hearing this name. This has to be as fresh and original and as uh, you know Cosworth got that has that has that uh, cheery greeting when he says your name. and everyone had to be just as cheery as the one before
1: yeah, so that really made it special for a lot of people
2: yeah and and i heard that over and over again from folks and that really that really meant a lot to me i would hate to think that anybody's name got less uh intensity uh less fun than anyone else's
0: you know i just uh was thinking about that in some of the uh joke names that they put in there <laughs> 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 of <laughs> The, the mental switch you'd have to flip for that, um.
2: yeah that was yeah that that was definitely another case where uh, uh, hilarity ensued in the studio. <laughs> were there were there
0: names uh, joke names that did not make the cut.
2: <laughs> no, oh. everything everything they gave me is in there.
0: Wow. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. So yep. where. What are some things that may have happened in the studio that didn't necessarily make the cut if any um, or is was the, or does that stand for everything that
2: gave you is in there? Uh, everything that gave me is in there. I don't oh, wow. recall anything that um, yeah, no it's 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 by the time you know the thing about um, my end of of this work is that by the time it gets to me, the game has been pretty well thought through, so uh, there's not a lot of editing that happens afterwards. There's not a lot of stuff that gets left on the cutting room floor. Uh, it's it's uh, I'm I'm usually the last link in the chain, or the next to the last link in the chain, anyway.
0: And when did you actually start working on Fallout Four?
2: Oh gee, um, I want to say. It was it was pretty soon after Skyrim came out. I want to say like twenty end of twenty thirteen somewhere in there. That's, you know, I, I don't honestly remember.
0: Well, no, I was curious because what you're saying, like you know, you're yeah, you're one of your you know the the VO recording step is is soon to the end, and that being three years before the game released. <laughs> That's what I was just trying to think of in my head. That's an insane amount of.
2: Yeah, and there there will be some preliminary sessions usually when we're just kind of trying out voices and sounds and uh but but you know, by the time we got around to doing the names, uh that was that was all set in stone already.
0: That's awesome. Now chalene is a big fan of Dishonored.
1: Yes, I was just going to pop in and bring that up. <laughs> okay. I love Dishonored, uh and I'm I'm very excited for Dishonored too. Um, have you already done those lines, or are you mm-hmm. working yep. on them now?
2: That recording's all finished. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, for the most part, I shouldn't I shouldn't say all finished. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have done a lot of work on it. There may be more to come. I'm not sure.
1: That's great. Yeah. I uh, I was very nervous about ha- the change to a voiced protagonist, and I felt mm-hmm. a lot better about it when I found out it was you because you've done so well in in games that I've enjoyed previously. Um, so, what what was it like giving Corvo a voice?
2: Um, it was interesting. It was a challenge, uh, and and I think probably um, the the biggest challenge of it for me was kind of honoring what had gone on before, too, honoring the dishonor that had gone on before, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I, I'm sure. That there will probably be people out there who say, "Oh no, that's from that." Is. He doesn't sound like that. Um, but uh, to me, given the artwork, given what I knew about the character, again, I was working with Wes Gleason on those sessions, and he's such a fabulous director. It and and we had Todd Howard in this, or, or, or <laughs> and I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, we had Harvey Smith with us for many of the sessions too, rather. Uh, and Harvey knows that character inside and out. And when I came out of the first session, and Harvey said, "Yeah, that's our guy," I thought, "Okay, I can relax about this now."
1: That's great. I'm so excited to hear it.
2: Yeah. Yep. 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 Keep going, Twenty Nine. Uh,
1: um. No, that was all I really had for that.
0: Oh, <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. So I think. Uh. I think we have a bunch of listener questions to get to. We
1: do. Okay. We have a ton of listener questions.
0: Yeah, so we do. So let's start out with this <laughs> just, one from Vendertron. I just looked through the list for the first time.
1: <laughs> this is from Vendertron. First of all, congratulations on your award nomination. Second of all, you've done, I think, the most voices of any other voice actor in Fallout 4, Valentine and Codsworth being the most notable. How is it for you? How is it for you for Fallout 4 and the other contracts you've done where you learn about the character voice their dialogue, and then see how gamers and the community perceive your character once the game is released. Do you think that the voice and tone significantly influence a gamer's perception of the character?
2: Oh, well, of course I'm going to say yes, that they significantly influence a gamer's. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where would you be without it? I mean, it wouldn't even be a game. Uh, Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fascinated to see fan reactions to a character that I've had a chance to voice, and particularly someone like Nick, someone like Codsworth, where um, it's somebody I do get attached to as well. After the first. Round of recording sessions for Nick Valentine, um, Mark Lampert came back to me and he said, you know, th- the buzz in the office about this voice and this character is really great. I think people are really going to like this guy. And he, he's not someone to just kind of blow smoke. So uh, when he says something like that, I thought, wow, that's, this, this bodes well for this character. And indeed, he did turn out to be somebody that, that people seem to really like. So uh, I was delighted that, uh, that we got the reaction that we did.
1: That's great. I have another question from Bane Hammond. Did you ever think that after almost five years, Skyrim would still be this popular? Does it amaze you that other open-world RPGs are still being compared to Skyrim and Fallout?
2: Not really. Uh, when I look at Skyrim and see the incredible detail, the... Uh, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous game, and say the same thing for Fallout as well. There is such love and care and meticulous attention to detail in both of those games that they—they uh, they are the kinds of things that you can keep going back to over and over again, and. You know, I I know people who say I just go to Skyrim and wander around just to <laughs> just to see what what new environment I can find, and I love hearing stuff like that.
1: That's great. Jeffrey Tilson, A.K.A. Mike the Liar, asks: How big of a difference was it voicing Mercer Frey to Nick Valentine and Codsworth?
2: Well, I like to think that every character is is unique. Every character is a, is a separate creation, but um, you know, even the great Mel Blanc, you can hear traces of one character bleeding over into another sometimes. So, and and I'm uh, uh, I, I revere Mel Blanc like no one else, and it's you've only got you've only got one set of equipment, so eventually there's going to be some some voices that sound similar. Yeah.
1: Evan Allen asks, are you familiar with the character Guy Noir? And if so, was this character an influence in the Nick Valentine voice acting?
2: Well, I, I would say yes, and I am very familiar with Guy Noir. I, I love Garrison Keeler. I love Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sad that he's going off the air. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I went to a couple uh, Prairie Home live shows back in a uh, few years ago. And I I just think he's a, a, you know, for anybody who who is at all interested in radio and and radio acting, he's keeping the standard, has been for a long time now. It's funny to think that Prairie Home Companion lasted longer than the so-called golden age of radio, uh, which it was modeling. Uh, But uh, getting back to the original question, you know, Guy Noir... Nick Valentine, they all harken back to those Warner Brothers detectives of the 1930s and 40s. Uh, And that's that's kind of where we all we're we're all following in the footsteps of Dashiell Hammett Mm -hmm. and Raymond Chandler.
1: Absolutely. Awesome. it's great. Hi, Rick and Chalene. I was wondering how much input Mr. Russell had in the dialogue recordings. Did he have only an inflection or maybe even wording? or was it laid out rigid and uniformly? Thanks guys, The Lone Shambler.
2: Okay, uh, well that kinda uh, goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, that there's not a whole lot of room, but one of the things that I do love about working for Bethesda, uh, and uh, and this was true back in the Looking Glass days too, working on Thief and System Shock too, there's a lot of, there. there is more room for improvisation there than than uh, uh, I might get in, in other instances. And they trust me enough to uh, sometimes just kind of let me go on, particularly if it's a line that doesn't have a definite ending that they've already written an ellipsis at the end of it. And they just kind of want a sense of, you know, Cosworth is walking out of a room and he's just trailing on going to say something else. And he's walking out there I don't know, and I might as well do this. Oh, look at that rhododendron. It's dusting, doesn't it? <laughs> and I might, you know, and I'll just have I'll just have fun with it like that. And often they'll leave it in, which is really great. <laughs>
1: That's awesome.
0: The road tension needs dusting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mike Olofsson asks, who is your favorite character to voice?
2: Ooh, I shouldn't play favorites. (laughs) I really shouldn't. Um, I'll be diplomatic and say the one I'm working on right now.
1: (laughs) I'm going to add a question of my own onto that. Who's a character that you wish you had voiced?
2: Uh, you know, I don't think in those terms actually. Um, and I'm not trying to evade the question at all. It's just, it just, it's not, it's kind of not how I approach this. I'm really always happy to get the work that I get. And one of the things about being an actor is you don't if if you're going to survive at all in the business, you don't dwell on the what might have been.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You uh, you know you go to an audition, you didn't get the job, you slough it off, you go on to the next one, and that's uh, you have to kind of develop a thick skin uh, in this business, or you won't stay in it very long. That's a so way to look at that's, that's
0: I was yeah, going to I was going to say that. Uh, <laughs> The answer you gave to your favorite character voice is a perfect answer to the question, which kid is your favorite? So, <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Oh, I love all my children the same.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going with the the one I'm working on now. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Tanner Yadel, you want to. Oh, actually, no, no, no. There was a question in the chat room. Now that I think about it. Um, somebody asked, how long did it take to record all the voice, uh, all the names for uh, Codsworth?
2: That oh, was, man. Uh, I can't remember, but it was it was a good day's work. It was um, it was well, there were around a thousand in the initial session, and I want to say that ran about three hours. Nice, wow! Um, with with you know a break every every hour or so for five minutes.
0: Uh, and that was yeah. And that question was from Satiric Thrower Downfall, so I just want to make sure that uh, he knows we asked that. So we're cool. gonna. Pick up from Tanner Yaldell, actually. I can't pronounce names. You want to read that one, Shirley?
1: Yes. Did you intentionally give Valentine a similar voice to Mercer Fry, or did that just happen to be your universal gritty manly man voice?
2: (laughs) Thanks a lot, Tanner. Uh... Yeah, you know, as I say, uh, I've just got one set of equipment, and sometimes there's some bleed. Yeah, sometimes it sometimes it shades over into something else. Mm-hmm. So, nothing is. I, I never intended for one character to sound. I never intend for one character to sound anything like any other character that I that I do. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's going to happen. Yeah,
1: that's that's unavoidable. I would think. So we've got some questions from Joseph Tao. He asks, uh, who do you dream of working with, either voice director or voice actor? Andrea Romano, Mark Hamill, Kevin Conroy, John DiMaggio, etc."
2: Sure, all of the above. <laughs> and, and mostly, and again, I'm not trying to be evasive. I just love to work. And uh, any opportunity that I can, and to work with great folks like that, would be uh, would be awesome.
1: And we've You're got a question from the chat room, Eternal Light fifty five. What was the hardest scene with Nick to record, and what scene with Nick made you the most emotional?
2: I think the scenes with Dima. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was, that was such a great... I really loved the whole Far Harbor DLC. It was a, a fascinating uh, project uh, on so many levels, but there's a, there's a lot in there, uh, a lot of emotion in there, so I'd go with that one.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, Rick, did you have any other... No, actually,
0: I've got one more thing, and I promised myself that I would not do this, although I'm going to do it, so I'm sorry, Stephen, for this. But out of the thousands of names that were in the game, poor, poor Shaleen's name was not. So there's a friend of ours who's actually working on a mod where we're going to be radio hosts inside of it. And would it be too much to ask if you could say her name now so we can pop it in? (laughs)
2: How about, I, how about I do this? How about I check with my friends at Bethesda and I promise you if they clear it, because I just want to always be careful about this, uh, I'll be more than happy to get back in touch with you, Shalim, and, and make that recording.
1: I think that's the coolest thing ever. That's okay. very, that awesome. very kind of you.
0: Be awesome. All right. But that's, uh, that's yeah, that's everything um, that I have. Thank you so, so much. For coming and, and hanging out with us for for a good half an hour, or so
2: well, it was nothing but fun. And thank you for the great show that you do. I really enjoyed listening to it, and it was fun to be part of it. Thanks. Thanks.
1: Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Any any questions oh. you wish we had asked, or
0: uh, yeah, I was going to ask if you could plug anything that if you there was anything you could plug. Uh,
2: I don't know if there's any. Well, uh, uh, about, just or? just going back to Dishonored too. That is going to be awesome, and so everyone should buy that as soon as it comes out in November. I'm also working, as I said, on this game, Underworld Ascendant, for uh, Other Side Entertainment, and I'm working on an amazing game. Just started working on this, actually called Zed, that is being created by uh, the man who made Mist. If you can remember oh, back to that game. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that project too. So look for all of those coming up to a store, Steam, whatever near you.
0: (laughs) Awesome! That 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 sounds amazing. And the chat room is going crazy with saying thank you um, for showing up. Like you know, they're saying thank you for being amazing. Thank you for being so sweet. They they they're also happy that you came out and talked to them.
2: You know what? Part of the fun about doing this has been. The Fallout fans are just the greatest <laughs> people. They have they, been they have been so nice, and uh, the response that I've gotten for this work has been incredible. So my thanks back to them tenfold. Awesome, great. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us tonight. My pleasure, Rick. Thank you so Take much. Take care, Shalene. All right. Um, so yeah, that's
0: that's it for our show. Thank you guys for joining us tonight, Shalene. Do you have anything else to end on?
1: We have a few announcements for you. Next week, we have another exciting guest, Obsidian's Josh Sawyer, who was the director and lead designer for Fallout New Vegas. So send your questions.
0: More questions.
1: Yeah. It's going to be great.
0: Um, yeah, I'm excited for that interview, too. Uh, two, two awesome shows in a row. This is going to be great. Yeah, very excited.
1: Um, and I also have some We Happy Few Let's Plays up on YouTube recently. I believe there's three episodes of that up. You can check those out on our YouTube channel. And I did a, another Forest Gump stream last week. If you uh, only only listen to the audio, you can find that on the YouTube. Um, since we weren't able to record a show, I did a, a follow for Let's Play.
0: Yeah, thank you for thank you for that. So yeah, this, that's it?
1: That's all I have for announcements. Uh, do you cool. want to go through the? Uh,
0: I I do. I was modding. I was modding the chat room. So anyway, you can tweet at the show at Fallout OTR. And don't forget to send those questions for Josh Sawyer next week. You can tweet at me at Rick McVick and you can tweet at Chalene at Chalene L. And also you can tweet at uh, Stephen at Stephen the voice on Twitter if you want to follow him there. And again, tell him, you know, thank you for checking out our show um, and that sort of thing. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash falloutotr and facebook.com slash groups slash falloutotr. You can also email the show at falloutotr at gmail.com. Like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave us a comment if you'd like at youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork and sign up for the alerts there to be alerted when we go live and other shows as well. You can find our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or other podcast aggregates. and You can leave us a review on iTunes specifically if you'd like. We have a few five-star reviewer shoutouts this week uh and that is chieftain ll 92 from au or australia man au from gold, gold.
1: solid gold
0: solid gold. have you have
1: you ever had that conversation with deacon like i think it's at the end of the game and he says like some old dusty philosopher said that you know people were were like metals and you my friend are solid gold.
0: <laughs> no, I haven't. Had. I so really good. wish they added in that like harm, <laughs> harmony from like gold, gold member from like, solid gold. <laughs> um, and then uh, Cobra Death Squad. Oh, that's an awesome name. And then, oh, Canada from the UK.
1: <laughs> that's so funny. I didn't even notice that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, and then Kingdorf 101. So yeah, thank you for leaving us five-star reviews. It means a ton. We love seeing those come up. We record live on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on YouTube.com slash QuestGamingNetwork live. Check out the other great QGN shows streaming on YouTube, such as KD Radio, which will be on tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, also, Elder Scrolls off the record. Classic Elder Scrolls, which I believe they're off their hiatus now.
1: Uh, I yeah, correct? I think they're coming back this week.
0: Woot and uh, also Dragon Age off the record. And Dancing with Daggers, which comes on after KD Radio at about 10.30 to 11 p.m. So make it a Quest Gaming Network Friday night, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And Shalene, what is the last word of the day?
1: Photons have mass? I didn't even know <laughs> they were Catholic.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, guys.
1: I don't have a song to play us out on, Rick.
0: Then just, just... And yeah, this we'll,
1: we'll just put this one on again. <laughs> the record, fall
2: out, off the record,
1: hang out. We'll start some nuke Take a sit down while we're talking to you.